ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rewind Wrestling Radio, right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network, where I, your host, Ted, along with my co-hosts, the new mouth of the South, Tyler Peters, the Brazilian giant Venetius, the temptress witch, Ivy, and the senior ref, ref, Amy Veronica, talk everything pro wrestling. It's the indies, the pros, everywhere you go. Let's jump right into Rewind Wrestling Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rewind Wrestling Radio Show here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. I am your host, Ted, and with me tonight, I have my two usual co-hosts. I have the Temptress Witch, Ivy, and I have got the new mouth of the South, Mr. Tyler Peters. Unfortunately, uh, Nelio, the big boss man himself, and uh, Ref Amy could not be with us tonight. They are both on iPay-Per-View right now for Coastal Championship Wrestling. Go check that stuff out after the show. Go buy the rewatch. Do what you got to do. It's a, it's a great show, the Hardcore Cup. It's featuring Super Crazy. It's featuring uh, Sandman. It's featuring uh, C.W. Anderson. You know, go check that show out. And uh, C.W. has two more shows popping out uh, on tomorrow night, Friday night. In, um, and then they have Saturday, they have anniversary. So go check out everything at ccwrestlingfl.com. All right. And uh, we want to thank CCW because they, they helped us out. Not that they sponsored this episode, but they certainly did sponsor our guest this evening. And that is the one and only Justin Credible. Justin, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It's a, it's a real honor to be here. And I'm just happy to talk some wrestling with you all. Oh, it's, yeah. it's awesome to have you, man. It's awesome. Thank to you. Have you. Thank you. And yeah, we're going to... Yeah, man, we've been we've been pumped about this one for for a <laughs> nice. while, and it's funny because we actually had a guest last week who managed you for a couple of years. We had Ashley oh, wow. Slashy on last week. Oh, okay, okay, and, uh, wow. And, and so she, and then, and it's funny because then, before, right before her, uh, maybe two weeks before her, we had someone that you had a pretty uh, a pretty fantastic match with when you were ecw champion we had pco on a couple weeks before that and so we got oh, to talk wow. about that match that you had with him for the uh oh, nice. ECW title so that was that's yeah really cool, man he's he's amazing i love working with him and uh wow what a career he ended up transforming himself into you know towards the later half of his career man yeah big shout out to him yeah pco rocks dude absolutely and he had nothing oh, but awesome things to say about you he was like yeah i knew going to ecw and working a match with pj was going to be easy as pie because we'd worked so much together in, in wwf it was easy you know yeah and yeah so that's that's awesome man he had nothing but great things to say about oh you. that's good that's nice and of course, you know, I, I get to officially say I called the Just Incredible match in February, right before the world ended, which made, made my, my, you know, my young career as a commentator, man. So um, it's great to see you again. We do want to jump, we do want to jump in and, uh, and talk about some, some of your history a little bit. And then I want to get some of your opinions on stuff, man, because you talk, sure. a, you talk a lot about yeah. what's happening now in the business. And, um, and there are a lot of things that you and I see really eye to eye on. And there's some okay. things where I'm like, I want to know more about that perspective. So I, I sure. definitely want to jump in and, and talk some, uh, some stuff here, man. But first of all, um, we want to, we want you just to kind of give people, you know, the modern wrestling fan may not be as familiar with ECW and its superstars. So give us a little bit of, of background. Uh, where did you get your training? Um, how did you, how did you break into the business, man? Um, sure. And uh, I graduated high school in uh, 1991. Uh, I'm born and raised in Waterbury, Connecticut about one and a half, you know, hour and a half from New York City. Um, and, uh, you know, I was always kind of raised or came up in the old WWF territories, you know, um, just 
you know, that was what was available for us, you know, back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. Lifelong wrestling fan. And uh, really, uh, I figured out that's what I want to do with my life. When uh, a friend of mine, you know, we didn't have cable at the time. This We're going back to the 80s. Um, not everybody had cable. And uh, my buddy had WTBS. And then I started watching WCW on Saturday nights, uh, 605 Eastern on the Superstation there. And, uh, you know, that's when I really became familiar with the Nature Boy Ric Flair and all of that cool stuff that was going on. Um, and it just, I mean, uh, you know, it took me, it just, that's what I, that's what I knew pro wrestling is what I wanted to do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I fell in love. Um, so fast forward, I graduated high school in 91. Um, I took this, you know, I didn't go to college. Um, you know, I hate to say it now, but unfortunately I should have, we all should further education, but nonetheless, I, uh, went and was working as a, you know, baggage clerk, whatever you want to call it at a grocery store to save up money, uh, to go to a wrestling school. And literally when I was on break, uh, one of my, you know, days of work, uh, at the grocery store, I went to the magazine aisle, uh, and I found a, you know, an issue of pro wrestling illustrated like they had back in those days. And, uh, there was a full page advertisement for, uh, the Hart brothers pro wrestling camp, Keith Hart, Bruce Hart, obviously brothers of, uh, Brett Owen, the famous Hart family, Stu Hart, et cetera. And, um, you know, they, they had the phone number. This was pre-internet, mind you. Uh, it was very difficult at that time to kind of get into the business. So I was like, wow, this is a great opportunity. So, uh, you know, I, I called and um, arranged everything. And um, summer of 1992, uh, I went to Calgary to, uh, to learn how to be a pro wrestler. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And so, in you know, you 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 get up there in summer of '92. It wasn't that much later that you you know, it's only seven years later that you're ECW champion, right? '99. Yeah. So, yeah. so you progressed a, a long ways in a short time there uh, for breaking in. So, um, tell us a little bit more because you worked WWF, sure. at, you know, before you worked ECW. <laughs> you yeah, know, before, uh, you know, before you really hit that peak. So, tell us a little bit about your uh, your your come ups there. Um, sure. I'll, uh, try to get this, you know, get through this quickly because there's a lot to cover, but, um, okay. So when I finished with the Hart brothers, uh, in summer of 92, mm-hmm. there was really nothing going on in the, in the Northeast independent wrestling was not what it is today by any stretch. Right. So, um, I ended up, uh, in Calgary, they were going to start a promotion, uh, up again, the hearts had stopped running the old stampede area. So it, uh, they, they were going to start a new promotion in October, called Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling. Um, and I went back, you know, I came home for a couple of months, went back up there on my own dime, mind you. And uh, my first 10 matches professionally were um, in Calgary, actually on my 19th birthday, October 16th, 1992 was my first professional wrestling match. Um, and from there in those uh, 10 weeks, they wrestled every Friday night, just once a week. They did shows, but I wrestled in that span, uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, a young Chris Jericho, mind you, Lance Storm. So, you know, like us three, we came out of that era and that, that camp kind of, you know, so they had a, a ton of talent and in a, in a bunch of people that you guys probably wouldn't know, but uh, that had some, you know, that had some notoriety in the old Stampede area and uh, especially New Japan Pro Wrestling at the time because uh, Stu Hart always uh, worked very closely with New Japan uh, before New Japan was kind of, you know, had blown up to what it is today, but, uh, I've gotten to work with some real quality opponents and 
after that was over because I was basically, you know, I was starving. They weren't paying me. I was paying my own dime. And towards the end uh, of that little run there, I was staying at the promoter's house, um, not getting paid to wrestle. So, you know, mom and dad were like Western unioning me money halfway across the country, um, you know, to just survive. But you never want to tell mom and dad how bad you really are doing. I was starving, literally starving for food, like not eating it, you know, sometimes for days. And uh, I would have to steal quarters from um, the change jar just so I can get a gallon of chocolate milk. And that would be like what I ate for the day. Um, so, you know, I really had to pay my dues, you know, in, in those, in those days. But, um, finally, after I'd gotten some experience up and, you know, felt like, okay, I've done what I can do here in Calgary. Uh, I came back home for Christmas and, uh, January of 93, I decided to go to a WWF, WWE, but it was still WWF at the time, go to one of their live events, uh, house show. Um, and, uh, Tony Gurria was there he was the agent in charge and um you know I, I showed up and they let me in backstage and i was just like you know hi my name is uh, pj walker was the name i was using back then mm-hmm. and i was like you know i was trained by the hearts uh, not too long ago and uh you know if you guys need anybody because uh, brett and owen were also on the card which was cool and it helped me out mm-hmm. um but you know if, if you need anybody i'm here like if somebody knows shows or travels sometimes you know shit happens because their schedules were so crazy um, and he's like, well, we're, we're okay for now, but you're more than welcome to watch the show from the backstage area, which I did. So at the end of the show, uh, I went to say my goodbyes and to thank him for letting me kind of hang out and watch the show. And, uh, he said, well, if you're interested in, uh, extra work, like, you know, job work and uh, being a jobber, um, he goes, we're starting a new show, uh, every Monday night called Monday night raw. <laughs> and uh we're going to be taping in manhattan so you know for me it's an hour and a half and uh you know they didn't have to spend this is when uh, vince's steroid trial was going on so they're like you know we, we won't have to spend a lot of money bringing you up and uh, we'll pay 150 dollars a show which was great in those days you know um and i was like sure and that's how i got my foot in the door and uh started my relationship with uh, the wwe that's awesome man that's absolutely yeah, very, awesome. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah. T- Tyler, I'm going to I'm going to send it over to you, brother. I know you've got a handful of questions as well. Uh yes, sir. It's it's great. It's an honor to have you on the the show. I was just going to ask you speaking of uh, WWE it segways, how was Vince McMahon? Do you have any interesting stories about what he's like because we're always curious as fans, you know, how Vince is really and uh just wanted to get your uh experience your impression of it um i mean he's the boss i mean he literally he uh, the more the the thing i would equate it to at least with my experience is like he was like uh, in those days he was very much uh from what i hear today um today he's very much uh, you know like very difficult to get a hold of uh you have to go through all these channels to kind of get a meeting with him uh but back then in the 90s he was uh very available um, you know, I, I was talking to Vince all the time, even as a jobber, I would talk to Vince. Um, uh, you, you know, he's like Tony Soprano in the Sopranos crew. You know, he was he was literally that guy. Um, and uh, I had a great relationship with him. I mean, uh, he was very open, very, but also very like, you know, 
Um, he, he was, he's insane. He's, he's the best word I could say is he's insane. Like he, he doesn't want, like if, if you cough or sneeze, that's like a sign of weakness for him. Like he has some, like he's just a really weird guy and his standards are so high, not just for you, but for himself. Like, you know, one thing I learned about Vince is he would never ask you to do anything that he personally wouldn't do himself in the ring. So like, he just, uh, he was one of the boys at the, at the time, you know, uh, he was very much a, a carny old school style promoter. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember when he first offered me my job, um, he literally, I was just, like I said, I was just a job guy coming, you know, coming every other week to do TV. And he literally was like, uh, PJ, you want to go for a walk with me? And I'm like, Vince McMahon's asking me to go for a walk. And this is during TV, like during a raw. And I'm like, um, yes, sir. And he took me outside to this balcony. We're at like a war memorial in Massachusetts. And he takes me out to this little side balcony, which was very mafioso style. So like, it felt like a hit, honestly. And he's very intimidating. I mean, you have no idea how intimidating this is. Cause not only is he powerful, um, you know, business wise in stature, you know what I mean? Like he, he could fuck you up too, by the way, <laughs> you know, not, not only, not only is he powerful, he could kick your ass. He certainly could kick mine. Um, and he's like, well, you know, uh, I, I like what you're doing here in the WWF and, uh, you know, I'd like to bring you along, but, um, you know, he's kept going on and on. And then he finally, the selling point, he goes, is because we were at a war memorial, he points up to the American flag, he goes, you see that flag, son? I'm like, yes, sir. Because that's America. That's the land of opportunity. Kind of like the WWF. We're the land of opportunity. PJ would you like an opportunity with the WWF? And I'm like, no, I'm 19. Nope. I wouldn't want an opportunity with you. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you supposed to say? Like, well, I'm just like, I'm sitting here like this. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's how this crazy, beautiful relationship started, you know? Awesome. Well, well, thank you for that. That, that was very uh, intriguing. I always wondered that how Vince was. Yeah. So, so that's so I have a follow up question for that. So then you sure. you work you work for the WWF in the 90s. Obviously you you leave WWF in the 90s. You you go over you start working for Paul Heyman in ECW. You come back as part of the invasion angle, right? And then you're there as part of X Factor. So you're there you're there for a good stint in the in the early 2000s, you know, a, a decade later for, you know, for uh, probably not a decade later. You probably there what, 94 in WWF? Uh, my first contract was August 1, 94 till uh, summer of 97. So I did about three years, did mm -hmm. three years, three plus years in ECW and then went back for another two and a half uh, from 2001 to 2003 or so. Right. And, but, but during that time that you were gone, like wrestling boomed, right? That oh, was, yeah. that was the time. boom, right? Yes. So you come yes. back to WWF. Was Vince noticeably different when you came back or was he still the same guy just with more to do? Everything changed. Everything changed. Um, and I will tell you the first night I was back, uh, cause I used to hang out, like I used to travel with like Hunter, Sean, Michaels, um, Razor was was my best friend at the time, Scott Hall. Mm -hmm. And uh, so after my debut, I believe it was at the Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New Jersey. 
And my running on Monday Night Raw was uh, to come in and hit Chris Jericho with the chair and align myself with X-Pac. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, that night uh, after the show, I was traveling with, it was me, X-Pac, Hunter, and William Regal. And so Pac's rolling up a joint uh, in the parking lot after the show. Uh, I didn't know that Hunter was with Stephanie yet. So, you know, Pac just does what Pac does, and he's rolling up a joint. And we start smoking it in the parking lot. And, you know, no big deal. Hunter and William Regal, they don't do that. So they're, you know, whatever they didn't mind that we did. You know, we go on our way. No big deal. Like nothing happened. The next day, I pull up to TV, and Stephanie comes up to me. And she goes, PJ, come here. We go underneath the bleachers. And I'm like, you know, she seemed like really like frantic. I'm like, Steph, what's up? She's like, PJ, it's not like that anymore. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like times have changed. It's not like it used to be. It's like we're corporate now. Or you got a kayfabe. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, you know, it was like a real change. Like the old mom and pop WWF from the Attitude Era and prior mm-hmm. was now a corporate conglomerate. And you got to kind of really be careful is what she was trying to tell me. Like, it's not like where I'm not condemning you for smoking a joint. Like really, it's not a big deal. It's legal in most places now anyways. But back then it was just like, but we can't have God forbid something like that going on. So it's when I really realized, wow, this is not the, we're not in Kansas anymore, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's really cool. That's an interesting story. And I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that she, definitely was pulling you aside to say like you know listen i have your back i'm trying to tell you you know that's oh yeah of- no she was totally cool and i was traveling with her boyfriend i just didn't know yet right right <laughs> <You know? laughs> perfect perfect ivy what do you got Ooh, yeah i've been waiting um okay so two things before i even get to my question sure um first and foremost it's great to see you again um i was very excited you know that you worked the acpw show that ted and i were both at um, total nostalgia, and I kind of like fangirled out a little bit there. Um, second, I am extremely um, just glad to hear, um, you know, like your account of how you you basically you know you've told us that you started from like way at the bottom and you've worked your way up, and you had a very sure. you know quick um, you know rise into your wrestling career, which is just phenomenal because you know nowadays a lot of the wrestlers that we see on TV are kind of just born into the business you know you don't hear too many of those like I started at absolutely nothing and had to work my ass off to get where I you know got so I really commend you you know for just sharing that story with us because I absolutely love hearing that thank you um of course and then um as far as my question I know you just recently mentioned um you know you're you were close with Razor Ramon I absolutely love the man. Um, so I'm just a little bit curious. Can you tell me what it was like to work with him, be on the road with him, and just overall to have him as a friend? Um, it was a, it was, uh, it was awesome in a lot of ways uh, because there's two, there's two people in that situation, and I'll try to do this justice. Um, there was Scott Hall, the person, and then Scott Hall, the performer. Scott Hall, the performer, was brilliant. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the best to ever do it, you know, uh, so charismatic, so crisp in the mm-hmm. ring. Uh, I learned, uh, you know, so much from Scott. Um, and then there's the other guy, um, which at times could be super sweet, super vulnerable. I mean, I've had him cry in my lap and in my arms like a baby. 
Um, we've gone through wars together, literally. And what I mean by wars is being on the road for sometimes it's months, literally like month and a half without going home to our wives and our children. Right. Um, and that does a lot of mental stuff to you. You know, you're, you just want to get home, you know, you're on the road and you, you know, imagine leaving your house today and then not coming home for 90 days or something like that. You know, it, it, it's crazy. So, um, you know, it was, it was cool, but, um, Scott at times could be his own worst enemy. Um, you know, and I say that with nothing but love, but, uh, he was, um, as, as amazing, uh, of his, of a performer as he was, he was a tortured and still is a very tortured individual. Um, and that kind of just came out in everything he did, but that was both his brilliance and his demise at the same time. And I don't know how else to say, it. um, to this day, um, I, you know, it's sad to say that I, him and I had had a falling out the past couple of years. Um, because like, you know, he just, you know, Scott Hall is Scott Hall, and anybody that knows Scott Hall will understand what I'm saying. Um, he's he's one of those guys that's uh, very polarizing, and sometimes um, when he's on, you know, when he's here, he forgets that some people may be going through some things that he's not feeling, and, you know, we've gone our separate ways, but, um, you know, deep down inside, you know, I still love the guy. He's been a huge influence on my, uh, you know, in my wrestling career and always will be, you know, and, um, yeah, pretty much it without burying the guy. <laughs> and listen, that's appreciated, brother. We all, we all have to watch each other's back. You, you know, <laughs> there's tons of people that we could, that we could all bury. So thank you for, for handling that with class. I appreciate that. Oh yeah. No big yeah, deal. That, that, no big deal. I think that was a great, a great way to answer that question and kind of keep it, keep it class. So I like it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. So, uh, so you know you've you've mentioned a couple people in the click in the last in the last couple of a uh, couple of minutes here and and so I remember coming up as a wrestling fan, um, and I remember really believing and truly believing that the click was trying to take over wrestling when the NWO hit right, um, and so they were my favorite group of people to watch. They were yeah, they, they you sure. know and 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 they were most people's favorite group to watch you know dx yeah. and the nwo kind of just ran it you know yeah um yeah. and so i remember the a very young internet wrestling community having lots of fan sites dedicated to the click and i remember a lot of them having you listed as a member of the click right. um and, and so you were obviously really close with these guys you traveled with these guys you worked the road with these guys um so uh, I'm sure you have some insight. And again, I don't want you to, I would never ask you to, to bury anybody or talk or talk poorly about anybody, but just tell us about your experience of being with that group, because that group very obviously had a lot of swag, right? They had yeah. a lot of pull. They, they knew which strings to pull. And, um, and, and how did you feel when, when you would see those situations happening and that pull being, being used? Um, uh, I felt very uncomfortable. Um, you know, because I really, uh, you know, at that time, you know, they could say I was with the click. I wasn't with the click. At the, the reality is um, how it all started was I was a kid not being able to rent a car. And I remember my first tour ever with the WWF. 
um, I was uh, at a show in Ohio. I'll never forget it. We were doing like a high school show and they flew me out for my first gig and um, I couldn't rent a car, you know? And uh, back then you had to be like 23 or whatever, way older than I was. And um, I went to the show with Chief J Strongbow, Tony Gurria and Rene Goulet, which were the agents at the time. And, uh, you know, the show goes on, whatever. Um, I have no idea what, you know, who I'm traveling with or what's going on. And then, uh, you know, Razor comes up to me. He's like, uh, you know, who are you driving with, kid? And I'm like, oh, I'm with, uh, you know, Tony Gurria and Chief. And uh, he goes, bro, because you're going to get so much heat driving with the office. He goes, you're coming with me. And that's how it started. You know, it was like, um, I guess, Kev and Sean and Kid. They were all, you know, they were all in the, you know, because there were two towns. There were the A towns and the B towns, and they were all in the other town. So Scott was by himself. So, you know, he didn't, you know, he was, that's one thing a lot of the veterans to this day still do is like, you know, you scoop up the young kid to kind of partner up with them. Because a lot of people don't know this. We pay for our own expenses on the road, out of our own pocket, rental cars, hotels, food so uh you know not only is it uh you know cool to, to have a buddy that you're traveling with that's always bonus but uh also it's cool to split expenses you know rental car hotel gasoline whatever you know because at the end of the day this is a business you know um so yeah and that's how it started you know it was just as simple as that you know and uh and then throughout those trips you know it, you get thrown in different cars oh you're coming with sean and then when Sean won the title, it was like I was with him for like his entire WWF title run after he beat Brett at WrestleMania 12, you know, um, because I was I had to make sure Sean made it to his room and didn't choke on his pizza when he was all fucked up. Um, you know, literally, that was my job. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, you know, whatever people want to say. But, yeah, I was, you know, I that's who I ran with, not by choice. And at the time, I really didn't even see the relevance of it all. I just, I looked up to those guys. And what I was getting in return was an amazing wrestling education because in the hotel rooms where we hung out and stayed and in the car rides, all we talked about was wrestling and the what we did that night and how could we pop the crowd more and what if we did this instead of that. And so it ended up being a clinic. So for about a year and a half, two years, I was just getting the best wrestling education I could possibly get by some of the best guys in the business, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. Absolutely. Tyler, coming back to you, brother. Uh, yes, yeah, sir. I was gonna, also going to ask you about some matches from ECW that I, I recently watched that had you taking on Shane Douglas and Raven. Oh, yeah. I, I just got to tell you, those were some of my favorite matches. You guys just had great chemistry. I, I love the way you used the, the kendo stick. I'm Shane Douglas, the way you went back and forth on your promos. I mean, it, it's a shame that Shane Douglas, to me, don't get enough respect because, man, yeah. the matches you guys had were just epic. They were classics. Yeah. They would hold up to anything. And what yeah. was it like, that experience working with those guys, Raven and Shane Douglas? Uh, uh, Shane, I mean, I love working with Scotty. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Scotty, mm -hmm. I've known Scotty since he was Johnny Polo in the okay. WWF, you know, as a commentator. Um, so uh, that was great. But uh, working with Shane was just next level. I mean, he was so good. Um, honestly, he was as good as Ric Flair. Uh, he just, I, you know, he just never got that. You know, it's, it's all a matter of television time and perception and, you know, 
But, uh, man, uh, Shane was just so good at what he did. He was so believable. And he really did have a chip on his shoulder about the business. And uh, every time he went out there, he went out there like it was, you know, like it, like it was his life. Um, so it was, it was just so easy to work with Shane. I mean, we've had some, some of my best work ever was with Shane Douglas. And unfortunately, a lot of them were, you know, maybe matches that were televised on like hardcore TV, but never really made like pay-per-views or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, w- I really wish we had, a, a, you know, more matches that were like big spotlight matches. But uh, right. man, uh, we just, we tore it down, man. He's to this day, um, uh, he's still one of my better friends in the business and uh, one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Yeah, I just had so much respect for him. So yeah, I, I had to absolutely. bring those matches up because you guys tore the house down. Even yeah. watching it, you know, the clips, I, I just got giddy again. I yeah, mean, awesome. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I remember, I remember, you know, my so growing up, my parents owned a pizza shop, right? So my parents yeah. would work until one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, cleaning up the kitchen sure. on Friday, Saturday night. But when sure. did hardcore TV come on? It came on Saturday nights at yep. two a.m. The only freaking commercials they had were Girls Gone Wild commercials, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yep. You know, yep. so but yep. but I remember, yep. I remember, you know, being in middle school, and my parents would let me just, you know, and you know, not for nothing, my, you know, I had, I had family that came and looked after me a lot of times but a lot of times my parents would be like you know if if we couldn't they couldn't get one of my grandparents or one of my aunts to come and sit with me they'd be like listen I'm gonna come home and check on you every every once in a while and then you know you go to bed and I'll be home and I'll yep. and check in on you well you know they would go back to the shop at 10 o'clock at night thinking I'm in bed I'm getting up gear you're up watching ECW TV man channel yeah. 48 in Philadelphia I remember it you know I'm a Philly yeah. guy you know, yep. so, yep. Um, you know, and I remember specifically being pumped up to see matches with you and the franchise. And I remember specifically being really, really pumped up to see, um, to see you and Dreamer, you know, like, yes. I just, yeah. I, I, I th- those feelings all rush back to me when I think about ECW in, yeah. in that late nineties time, man, it's, it's so cool. It's so cool. And, uh, you know, we're talking about, about ECW a little bit here. And before I throw it back to Ivy, I want to ask you about, um the bastard ecw i want to i want to ask yeah. you i want to ask you about the revival brother because i know that a lot of the ecw guys just they, they knew it wasn't going to go well and and paul Heyman brought people in and said listen it's a way to make bread come back and try right. um i know you came back for it for for a, a bit there and there and did a stint there tell us about the the revival ecw a little bit man Oh, I mean, you know, um, this was 2005 and, um, we'd all gone our separate ways. I'd have already had a run. Uh, I had a two year run with the WWE, um, from 2001 to 2003, I had gone and worked for ring of honor, which was, uh, you know, a, a new promotion at the time. Um, also impact, right? Well, TNA at the time is what it was. They did the Tuesday night pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I went over to Japan and worked for all Japan, uh, worked for Muda. Um, so, you know, I had moved on and, uh, one day I got a call from Dreamer saying that, uh, you know, Vince McMahon wants to do this thing with all the ECW guys, the one, one night deal where we all come in and have a, you know, a legitimate ECW show at the Hammerstein. Um, so I signed on as everyone else did pretty much. And, um, that's how it started with the original one night stand. 
um, which the, at the time was, there was no other guarantees. This was a one shot deal. Um, and Vince had no other plans for it either. It was just, you know, we'll do this one show. Well, one mm -hmm. night stand, the first one, the original in 2005 was a huge success financially, Agreed. financially, critically, um, any way you, you want to spin it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was one of the highest, you know, rated as far as like money wise pay-per-views they've done in a long, long time, other than like WrestleMania or Royal Rumbles, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. So, uh, when Vince saw those numbers and the, uh, the feedback, he's like, well, we're doing it again next year. And then on top of that, we're going to try to do a revival of the promotion, uh, and have a third brand. And, um, you know, and I was invited to, you know, I signed a contract for three years, 2006 to 2009, although I ended up quitting about six months in, um, you know, it was promising, but deep down inside, uh, we, we all really knew, um, after one night stand part two that, uh, because the first one was very authentic. If you remember Oh yeah. Um, the first one night stand was extremely authentic to the real vibe of ECW. I was there, um, you know, and I, I participated. I was in the uh, the match with Jericho and Lance Storm, and then I also came in. Lance and I came in and uh, did something during the main event of a uh, Dreamer and Funk against the Dudleys. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, anyways, it was really successful. But the second version. It you know the bullshit was already starting to kind of come you know you could see on the second one night stand John Cena and Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and again you could say those guys were ECW but really they weren't they had a match or two in ECW um, it was EC you know it was Vince McMahon's way of trying to convolute every you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You know, they were they were in ECW, but they were there for a second. We're talking about the Dreamers, the Sandmans, the Balls Mahoney's, you know, the New Jacks and guys, the Just Incredibles, the Lance Storms, guys, that, the Rhinos, guys that were there for an extended period of time that really yeah. were the promoter, the Steve Carinos, the Jerry Lynn's, the Rob Van Dam's. Um, so he was already trying to make it something it wasn't. We all knew from the beginning what it was going to be. But, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a world where there was no WCW anymore, there was no other promotion. Uh, TNA was still very young out the gate. There was no other wrestling promotion in the United States that had any kind of anything really going on that could pay anybody. So what else are you going to do, right? You know, you were lucky to get an offer. So, uh, you know, we joined on to the ill-fated uh, fake ECW. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah, man. And uh I think we can all agree that, that was a that was a disappointment and probably the the best thing to come out of that EC that second ECW. CM I, Punk. You know. Uh, you know what? Not even CM Punk, because CM Punk I think CM Punk would have gotten signed either way. And I think yeah. he I think he just would have come up through different you know, channels yeah i think he would have just come up through different channels i think he would have gone to ovw for a couple months and then he would have he would have boosted up because the, he was so popular he was the first the way i look at cm punk is he was the first indie darling that wwf yes. went yeah. out and said okay yeah this was. guy is 
loved by people that go to these small shows. Yeah. You know, yeah. will will that translate over? I think they would have tested that water no matter what. ECW was just the right way yeah. to do it because it was the smaller show. And then that was his debut, it. believe it or not. I actually I did know that. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah we I had a hell, we had a hell of a match. Actually, we had a couple of matches. You know, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, he would have got there either way, you know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, my one of my personal favorite memories about that ECW was Matt Stryker. I'm working out, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I had the That's chance. To, I had the chance to meet Matt uh, three years, two years ago. Oh, he's the best. Three years ago, yeah, he's he's a great guy. He's working. Uh, he's commentary for Impact now, so he's yeah, and he's a producer over there. So um, people I, don't realize how good of a wrestler he is. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, he's so, very talented. Dude, so, I had a I had a hardcore match with him for this small indie promotion out of Long Island because we're he's a New York guy. I'm a Connecticut guy, mm-hmm. and uh, I forgot what the name of the promotion was, but. Uh, it was somebody that ran in Long Island pretty regularly. They're kind of uh, over in this area. And we had like a 30-minute huge hardcore match that was like, honestly, it was as good as anything on television is today. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, like he was, I mean, he's a great looking dude. He's got the chops. He looks like, he looks the part. Yep. And he's, he's such a good talker. But uh, people forget like how good of a pro wrestler he really still is, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I got to see him. So he did, uh, you know, you worked that ECPW show with us back in February. Well, the very first ECPW show that I went to was right after we started uh, the original version of this podcast. And it was Delco, it was Delco mania. And uh, the main event was Ken Anderson against core for the heavyweight championship. But then the second, the second main event was, um, well, I guess you would have to count Ellsworth versus King, but I don't count that at all oh, because okay. it's Ellsworth. Uh, <laughs> but the but the next main event was was Stryker against this guy Lonzo Arpod, right? And, oh, okay. And they they booked they booked themselves in this in this comedy gimmick match because the show was on May fourth, so they did a May the fourth show. And oh, okay. may the fourth be with, may the fourth be with Star you. Star Wars, yeah. And they so gotcha. so Matt's Matt's running around the ring, and he's just going like randomly ah, and yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. confusing the the quote unquote stupid foreigner, you know. And, and yeah, uh, they yeah, they yeah. worked up the heel That's gimmick funny. real well with the stupid foreigner, and yeah. Um, but it was one of the most solid matches of the night. It was twenty minutes oh, yeah, of dude. just having of just having bullshit fun, but it, but then mixing it perfectly. And it still got over because he was he was still that good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. He's 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 underrated, man. I wish, you know, I wish he would stop being so lazy and get in the ring. (laughs) Oh man, I would love to see him get back in the ring. And I asked I asked him about that. I asked him about that when I yeah because they had like a meet and greet beforehand. I said you know, uh, you know I'm gonna watch you wrestle tonight, and I want to know why you're not wrestling more. And he goes, to be honest with you. I just got tired of being the utility guy, right. you know, yeah. I, cause, yeah. because they know they can put me out there and I can work with anybody. So they put me out sure. there with anybody. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, that's you know? the truth. And that's, and that becomes, that becomes more of a, more of a chore than actually fun. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I could see the burden. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. All right. Ivy, I know you, I know you've got more forms. So I want to, I want to come back to you here. 
I do. Um, all right. So we have talked, you know, quite a bit about your time in WWF, quite about uh, a lot about your time in ECW. Um, but going back to, you know, smaller federations. So um, at the ACPW event, I actually really enjoyed the fact that after your match with Tyreno, you gave an excellent speech, um, you know, just kind of to the fan base. And, you know, mm -hmm. I thought it was really touching and it was nice to see you interact overall with the crowd. Um, because, you know, we don't always see that, you know, we see some wrestlers that come out and they get the crowd hype. And then, you know, you have the other guys that don't really seem to pay too much mind to the fans. Um, so I kind of just want to know what's your perspective on the fan base overall? You know, how, how do you feel about interacting with the fans and what is it that makes you feel, you know, the need to express how thankful you are for those fans? Um, I always try to, um, to feel the, like, I try to get a, like an overall vibe of the room. Um, I think that's important to kind of understand and, and be honest with yourself, which sometimes is not easy to do because sometimes you're not going to get uh, what you, you know, you're not going to hear what you want, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, so you have to be honest, which is painful at times. But I always wanted to show fans and to really express like, honesty because i think that's something that always gets over in wrestling and just to be to strip it down and just be humble like you know mm -hmm. hey you know i may i may be this i may be that i may be a screw up but you know i you know and you just give them like you know all the baby face not like I, again i don't want to make it sound like it's fake but you kind of say look i've, I've bled for this i love this um i'm not i'm nothing without you you're you know and we all kind of, it's like a symbiotic relationship. So it's all, it's really like a, a baby face promo uh, at the core, but it's a real honest, like, you know, like that's how I'm feeling. And I never planned those. Like I didn't plan that. I had right. no idea I was going to, I was probably drunk too. Probably <laughs> feeling good. But no, I, I'm just trying to be funny, but uh, you know, you're, you're just feeling it and you're just like, Hey, you know, why not? Because those are the real moments, right? Those are the honest moments. Those are the, like, those are things you can really see that I'm not doing it for any reason to, you know, other than to just share a moment with those fans mm -hmm. um, right. and for myself, for everyone. And if, if they like it, if they appreciate it, that's cool. Um, it, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, to me, I love that stuff. And I, and I learned that through ECW because ECW was so special in that way where we really gave so much to one another, like, we like the fans were as much of a part of the show as anybody as any performer so they were really in on everything uh with us so to me it's like i'm just kind of saying hey thank you thank you for just letting me live my dreams and let's go on this crazy ride together and let's keep fucking doing it you know it's it's pretty simple I, and I, I wish more guys and gals would um wouldn't like try to embrace that. Um, I think there's so much fear in, you know, we got to pre-plan everything and everything has got to be so scripted down to the word or to the move that we do where sometimes if you just feel a certain vibe and if you allow it to happen, I know it sounds like weird, but just allow it to happen. That's where magic happens. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and that's where fans can kind of see through it and say, Hey, you know this is this is a cool little moment we're getting and just let's enjoy it and hopefully we can just create more of those uh, throughout the years you know i don't know it's, yeah, it's, no, I, if you're if it's real if it's real they'll feel it you know yeah i love that for sure um so the event, thank that you event thank actually, you 
Yeah, you're welcome. Um, that event was actually here in my hometown. Um, so the really cool right thing about the event was, you know, afterwards, I mean, I'm seeing, you know, some pretty familiar faces out there in the crowd anyway. And um, one of my cousins, she is a bartender at one of the local bars and quite a few of the guys that frequent the bar happened to come to the event that night. And she, you know, kind of told me that they were just in there raving about the show overall because we don't mm -hmm. get things like that in this area. And then on top right. of that, you know, lots of the guys were definitely marking out and had total nostalgia because you were there. So, um, oh, you know, I awesome. just kind of wanted to relay that, you know, from all my homies back here to let mm -hmm. you know that, you know, they really did appreciate that. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. That's so sweet. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so when you were working ECW for those three years, um, were you still living in Connecticut or did you live down here? Did you live in the Philadelphia area? Oh, uh, no, I've always uh, lived in Connecticut. I bought a home uh, in uh, 2001. I bought a home in New Jersey because my wife is from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we had just had our, our firstborn um, in 2000. So, and, uh, you know, being with that, I was with the WWE. It was just like a no-brainer to kind of have her close to her family while I was mm -hmm. on the road. Because, you know, I was on the road so much. Right. So uh, we bought our home, uh, you know, on the Jersey Shore. Um, but between the Jersey Shore and Connecticut is where I've always uh, lived. And right now I live in Connecticut. Got it. Not Got by it. choice. <laughs> so, Not by choice. So I've got to ask, man, after, you know, those, those ECW shows down at 2300, you know, you guys, you guys wrap a show. You guys are, are getting ready to head out. Where's, where's your go-to spot to go get grub, man? You're walking out of 2300. Where are you going? You're asking the wrong cat because you're going to be very disappointed. My fat ass is going straight home. Really? Bro, you're taking I that three-hour so, drive home with no refuel, brothers? I am so old. I just want to get home. Even back then, I'm like, I was, even when I was young, I was old young guy. Because I've been doing this shit for so long, dude. I was just like, you know, are we done? Let's just go. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I, I, yeah, if I would, the only time I would ever party or like hang out locally was like if I was flying. Like, mm -hmm. so if I had a hotel room and I had to fly out the next morning, then the shit's on. But right. if I could, but if I can, like, the show's over and I'm driving home, I'll, I, dude, I, I've, I've been pulled over so many times in my gear. I've been pulled over with dried blood all over my face. And, like, you know, literally, imagine <laughs> wow. like a, tro a trooper pulling you over and you're like bleeding. I'm like, hey, officer, I'm just trying to get home. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even kidding. That's happened like way too many times. I'm surprised I haven't been arrested. But uh, yeah, I just want to get home, dog. I'm like, ugh. That's when you know you've been doing this shit way too long, right? You know, still <laughs> going in, going into Wawa at three in the morning with like blood and like jean shorts in the middle of winter. You know, it's dope. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. It is. It is. Oh man. So, um, something we we absolutely have to ask you about because I do want to transition this into into talking a little bit about what we're seeing a little bit more today and and sure. some advice that you have for some of the young people coming up in the business. Um, but we, I have to, I have to ask you about the plane ride from hell, man. Tell, no, tell man. us about the plane ride from hell, please. Um, it's, it's really been overblown. I actually did an episode, uh, season three, dark side of the ring. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a guest on it, and uh, I will be appearing in the the new season. Um, we taped it a, about a month ago, actually. Should be coming out, uh, you know, with the rest of the new episodes for season three. But um, and it was just one of those things where uh, we did a pay per view. I believe the pay per view is called Insurrection in London. Um, and uh, on the way home, we were, um, you know, it was a Saturday night. We did the pay per view at the Wembley, you know, you know on a Saturday night. So we flew a home Saturday or Sunday and everybody just got totally whacked, man. There was booze everywhere. Um, and you know, I mean, you know, everything you've heard is probably true. Um, of, <laughs> you know, flare naked with the robe. Um, you know, I had to wheel razor through customs passed out in a wheelchair and then Jim Ross has had a talent relations as I'm rolling razor through with the, you know, imagine razor with the fucking, with the leather jacket and the shades all fucked up, like passed <laughs> out. And I'm sitting here rolling them through it. I'm, I'm the sober one. Like, <laughs> really? Like I'm the good guy in this, in this whole scenario. So, you know, the shit was really on. Um, but you know, it was just one of those things, man, where everybody was just, it was just, it was a sign of the times, man. It was just, that was like our, our guns and roses moment for the WWF crew. You know, it was just like, uh, you know, cause it's, ha- it, it's happened a lot. That shit happened all the time. It just never was publicized, you know, and that's, was, that's what kind of started killing it for a lot of, a mm-hmm. lot of it was, you know, now it's like everybody knows everything because that shit would happen a lot. You know, it's just now everybody knows, you know, mm-hmm. Social media killed kayfabe, brother. It really did. It really did. We have talked about that before. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. it really There's did. No it really did. Yeah. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, so Justin Credible had a couple of podcasts lined up tonight, and he wasn't able to, uh, to, to keep going with the interview right then and there. So we're, uh, you know, we're going to talk to him. We're going to maybe get part two going at some point. We had an awesome time tonight interviewing the one, the only, Justin Credible. He's not just the greatest. He's not just the best. He's just incredible. And uh, listen, this this was a super, super fun interview. We got to get so much on the table uh, with, with Justin Credible. And a huge thank you uh, to Justin for jumping on with us and uh, being very, very honest with us and being very real with us tonight. It was, it's been so, so fun. Uh, I do want to. I do want to get a couple of our plugs in. I did plug them at the beginning of the night. I'll plug them again because they helped us out and uh, and booked uh, Justin for us tonight. And uh, so I want to hit the CCW guys up one more time. They got a ton of shows coming up this weekend. Is huge for them. Check everything out. Buy your tickets. Buy the eye pay per views. Okay. Do everything you need to do, and you can do that at ccwrestlingfl.com make sure you check those guys out but i also want to let you guys know that uh acpw uh the proving ground school is back up and running so you'll see uh you'll see me posting and sharing that stuff as on social media uh but then also 
Um, they just filmed a whole boatload of matches and they are putting out an eye pay-per-view in the coming weeks that you can go check out and uh, their weekly YouTube content is going to get all filled up and yours truly is back on commentary with the voice of ACPW, Mr. Jason Abrams. And uh, I'm super excited to be back on the mic with Jason and, uh, and doing our thing. They, they filmed 16 matches this past weekend um, and they, they, they had a ball doing it and I'm super excited for everything they've got going on. So, uh, you know, go check out ACPW uh, by going to acpwrestling.com. That's acpwrestling.com. Uh, and again, if you're looking to be a pro wrestler, a manager, a referee, okay, we're associated with two fantastic schools on this show. We have the ACPW Proving Ground School up here in the Philadelphia area. We've got the CCW training facility down in South Florida. Go hit one of these people up. If you want to join the the wrestling ranks, you want to get in there and break in like Justin Incredible did, break in and do what you've got to do, then uh, then make sure you jump on with us. And now uh, I want to let you guys know what's going on. So next week we just have the, we just have the crew on. It's fantastic. We haven't gotten a chance, like just for like the five of us just to have fun in a while. Right. So the five of us are going to get to uh, get to hang out, which will be really, really cool. And then um, we've also got, no guest the next week. So what we're actually going to do is we're going to take, usually I, I like to take a break right around Easter and give everyone a little bit of a chance to kind of recoup and be with their family and do what they've got to do. Even if they don't celebrate the holiday, just because it's a nice time, the kids a lot of times have off from school, yeah. everybody can kind of hit the reset button. So we're going to, we're not going to do a, a new show on the first, but we are going to post uh, content for you guys to go back and listen to maybe an episode that you've missed from the past. And, um, and then the week after that, April 8th, is going to be our WrestleMania preview show, and it's going to be live on YouTube. And uh, we have an awesome guest set up for that show. He is the one, the only Crowbar from WCW. He's a WCW tag team champion with David Flair, right? He wrestled in the inaugural light heavyweight championship tournament in the WWF losing to Taka Mikanuchu. Uh, uh, I can't say his name. Taka Mikanuchu, right? Um, he wrestled in ECW. He wrestled PJ. He wrestled Lance Storm. He wrestled uh, the franchise. He's been in Ring of Honor. Even recently, he's been in Ring of Honor. He wrestled in Impact as the Temptest. Uh, he's been rated by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So, And you're going to be able to ask Crowbar live questions so i set this interview up so it's not just us asking the questions you guys live in the chat on youtube you get to ask questions of this veteran of the business who has reinvented himself lately if you have not checked out his twitter account you need to go check out crowbar's twitter account wcw crowbar um his new promos are amazing his highlight reels are great he's still got every bit of what he's of what he used to have in the ring he flies around still and does all of this the flippy stuff that you knew you know whippersnackers on the uh on the uh, the wrestling scene these days, <laughs> I like to watch, um, you know. But he's t but he tells a fantastic story, and he has a great sense of humor, and his character's over the top, and I love it. So we're super excited to have Crowbar with us on uh, on April eighth live, eight thirty p.m. here on YouTube, and uh, we're gonna have a great time with that. So um, with that being said, guys, you know I I hope 
And I hope and I hope and I hope that you guys have enjoyed the show. I know we did. We had a great time interviewing Just Incredible. It was such Absolutely. a fun show. Oh, it, it was awesome. But I just wanted to, uh, to say a huge thank you to Justin for joining us tonight because it was such a fun interview and I'm super excited to, to maybe get him back on in the future. Maybe we, uh, maybe we can get him and Lance Storm on together. Tell some, tell some road stories together. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, but we're, we're always looking for, for guests. So if you're an indie guy out there and you want to, or an indie gal out there and you want to jump on with us, please feel free to send us a message, hit us in the DMS on Twitter and I'll, I'll be more than happy to, to shoot you back our availability. And uh, folks, we are in, in the midst of, of getting this thing up and running. We have t-shirt designs in. We're going to be selling that stuff real soon. Uh, you know, so, so please, please, please keep continuing with your support. We want to hit 250 subscribers by next week. Okay, we want to we want to push this thing now. So we want to hit 250 subs by next week. We want to hit 300 by the week after that. So help us out. Push this content out to your friends. And uh, please remember to like, comment, share, subscribe. And please remember to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Rewind Podcast. That's W-R-E-W-I-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Okay, so my friends, thank you so much for joining us. Mr. Tyler Peters, it's always a pleasure having you, sir. It's great to be here. Miss Temptress Witch, Miss Ivy, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence today. You are so very welcome. And uh, to all of our listeners, we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Rewind Wrestling Radio.